Locked on Syracuse is back, and we're trying to figure out what's what ahead of the 2022-2023 season for Syracuse basketball. It's what's more likely right here on Locked on Syracuse. Hit the button, Bones. Let's do it. Our Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Locked On Syracuse. I'm Brad Klein. He's Matt Bonaparte. We are your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get your podcast bones. It's the Brad Klein farewell tour right now for this week. This is my last week on Locked On Syracuse. One of the best episodes, or at least the most fun episodes that we've done together was What's More Likely. It's been a while, and we have some uh, some fresh perspectives now, so it's time to run it back for Syracuse basketball. What's More Likely? Are you ready? I'm ready to go, man. Let's do it. All right. So let's start it and just giving you two scenarios, and we're going to tell you what's more likely. If you disagree with us, just shoot us an email, and Bones, just throw up the email on the screen right now. And uh, the email is losyracuse44 at gmail.com. Mine is sure. bradkline44 at gmail.com. If you're interested in giving us some fan mail outside of losyracuse44, just wanted to brandish the 44 in my email. So there you go. All right, so that's the email. And also just tweet at us at LO underscore Syracuse if you disagree with Bones and agree with me. So we start here with the freshman versus, well, the returner. Chris Bunch starts over Benny Williams, or Benny is the second leading scorer to Joe Girard. I think it's a foregone conclusion that Girard will be the leading scorer because he is the guard, he is the senior, and he was down near the leading scorer last season. Now he's in a role, potentially, that suits him better as the two-guard rather than the one-guard. And for me, I'm going to go with Benny being the second-leading scorer to Joe Girard. And the reason is because Benny has the tools, and he's had them all along. And last year we didn't see them. I'm expecting a huge step up. I don't actually think he's going to be the second-leading scorer, but I do think that the first uh, option is a little less plausible because I actually think they're going to start together. So for Chris Bunch to play himself out of a role, that's going to be hard to do. Yeah, I think, see, the thing that I always, with Bayheim is that, like, I always feel like he's partial to the guys who've been there before. So I think at the beginning of the year, at least, that's true. So he's going to want to start the guys um, who have been there. So it's kind of hard for me to say that bunch is going to start over Benny, but at the same time, bunch huge recruit coming in. Uh, it, could co- it could totally happen. And I see that there's, but I see also that there's no way Benny's the second leading scorer. I mean, that's obviously Jesse Edwards, unless something happens to Jesse or Jesse really regresses. And I think we have one of those in here about that. I don't really see that happening. So I'm going to say that bunch starts over Benny is more likely because I honestly think that Bunch is going to be a better player than Benny, but I probably would have said that this time last year about Benny compared to somebody else too. So who really knows? Yeah, I get it. I get it. I just think that Chris Bunch and Benny Williams are going to play very well together. And Benny's going to have Benny and Bunch are going to give that nice little mix of guy who's been here before knows the zone and Bunch is going to be what Benny was supposed to be 
in that he's going to be a forward with a good first step athletic, but also he can shoot. And that's the thing that Syracuse fans miss the most from the hype of Benny Williams going into last year compared to leaving last year or just in the dog days of the season is that Benny couldn't shoot. And at times he just couldn't be on the floor because he couldn't shoot. So Bunch, I think, is going to be better in that sense. And for that reason, they're going to have to play together so that Bunch can protect Benny as well from a Nexus Nose standpoint. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Benny uh, taking a big step up and being the second leading scorer. A lot of that is also predicated on him improving as a shooter, which um, kind of feels like has to happen at some point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so if Benny doesn't improve as a shooter, what is he, right? And the only time we ever saw him actually play well was the Duke game in the Dome where Syracuse was getting just annihilated and there was like no pressure. I mean, it was like, whatever. I mean, just go out there and play at this point. You're not going to win the game. Um, And so Benny just went out there and I felt like he it was the first time he played with no pressure all season long. Uh, and he played really well in that game. He had some really nice, uh, confident scoop layups, a reverse, I believe, in there. He had a nice block. I mean, he's got the tools. I just don't know and, and, if they'll ever use him. And I get that. I understand the apprehension there. We've both seen Benny Williams up close and personal. We've spoken to him. We understand who he is as a player, where he stands in the program. You look at him, and and he is an athlete. He's a good athlete. And you have to like what you've seen from Benny Williams, at least from an ability standpoint. And I don't think he really needs to be a knockdown shooter at all. He just needs to be able to hit, I don't know, 25 to 30% of his threes just to keep the defense honest, right? And at that point, he can use that first step. So I'm going with Benny being the second leading scorer. I think there's a lot to like there. Let's move on here. Joe Girard, an an all-ACC selection or Jesse Edwards regressing to only averaging five points per game. Now, this is a tough one because Edwards was the most reliable player last year, so it's a little tough to believe that he's going to regress that drastically from his 12 points per game last season. Yeah, I don't see that at all. I think this one's pretty cut and dry. For me, it's Gerard being an all-ACC player, and he actually has the opportunity to do so. Because he's just the offense is going to be Joe Girard for a lot of this season, at least for the early part of it, I think. Uh, because he has no shooter like Buddy Beheim in his way, he's just going to take every shot he wants. And I think that uh, Beheim's just kind of going to look going to let him go. Uh, so if he converts a lot of those, it's going to be hard to keep him out of all ACC selection. And a lot of people love to hate on Joe Girard, and, and I am guilty of it at sometimes too especially when he doesn't play well. But at the same time, when he plays well, he is one of the best players on the floor. Uh, And he had one of the best three-point percentages in the ACC last season. So I don't know if there's that much bad you could say about the guy. Um, And if he goes out there and he shoots that same percentage at a higher clip, I mean, he he actually would have a shot at it. And I, I just don't see Jesse regressing. That much. Yeah, I, I'm going to go. I, I agree with you. I think Jesse actually could regress. I don't think he will, but he could. I mean, he was that good last year. So if he just, you know, if he goes for 10 and 5 instead of 12 and 6 and a half, I don't think anyone's going to look at that and say, wow, well, Jesse Edwards is the biggest liability in college basketball. I can't believe this happened. What the heck, Jesse Edwards? No, they're going to say, okay, well, I was expecting a little bit more, but whatever. 
I think Joe Girard could be an all-ACC selection. I mean, we left it open-ended. He doesn't have to be a first-teamer. He could make a second team, whatever. He's going to get the reps. This is his GMAC year, right? And the other thing is, I kind of feel the same way about Jesse Edwards. That's why I don't really – I don't want to bet against Jesse Edwards to regress here. Because maybe even the better question is going to be, whose year is it? And not not really a what's more likely, but is this a Joe Girard year? Or is this a Jesse Edwards year? Because both have kind of earned it. Both have been four-year warriors coming in the same class. Obviously, Gerard has played a lot more than Jesse Edwards because Edwards' first start came in his junior year, and that was last year. So he really didn't get to play much, but he was that good last year. And I feel like a lot of the offense at times is going to run through Jesse Edwards because for a big, he's a really good finisher, off the pick and roll especially. So Syracuse is going to look to him a lot more than – other teams look to their bigs offensively. I'm going to have to go with Joe Girard just because I think Jesse Edwards is going to be fed the rock a lot and put in a position to succeed. Same. I'm right there with you. All right, let's take a time out here. Talking a lot about Syracuse basketball and Jesse Edwards' role in the team. His job is to be Jesse Edwards from last year. Your job is to find a good one with LinkedIn jobs. And that's not a very difficult thing to do. Because you can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. As you gear up for the fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn jobs is here to make it easier to find people you want to talk to faster and for free. I can tell you from personal experiences LinkedIn is the first place I go to look for a job. That's why it should be the first place that you go to post a job. You're the boss. You make the decisions. Make the smart one. Then add your job to the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile because that is the best way to get it to pop off the screen and make sure that people see it and are attracted to it. And then you get more applications, better applicants, and better professionals on your side. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And I got to tell you, because I'm talking to my friends all the time, we're all post-grad and they're thinking, okay, how do I go about finding a job? The answer is LinkedIn Jobs. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. And we back. Matt Bonaparte, Brad Klein with you here on Locked On Syracuse. We're playing some What's More Likely for Syracuse basketball, and we continue. Uh, what's more likely? A starting backcourt is Torrance Mintz or Gerard Taylor. Uh, here's my thing about this one. I think there's a chance it's Gerard Torrance. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I almost think that's more likely than both of these. I, agree. I didn't really see that until this moment. I think it is. I think you're right. I think it's Mince Gerard 1-2. Um, by the way, Torrance Taylor off the bench, not bad at all. I mean, it's really not bad at all. Torrance proved that he could be good enough. And then Justin Taylor is a very exciting player that a lot of people are pumped about. So for him to be off the bench in general, it's exciting. I think you, I have to go Gerard Taylor here just because there's no shot Joe Gerard doesn't start. There's no chance. I agree. I agree. Um, but there's also, 
it's hard to see a world where Judah Mintz doesn't start. Eh, I don't know. I could see that world. He's a freshman. Anything. It, it doesn't matter. You can be the number one player in the country. If Jim, if Jim Beheim doesn't like you, you don't start. Yeah, I, I get it. I will say that it seems like there is a different vibe around Syracuse right now. I mean, yeah, Beheim's still an old school guy, and he always will be an old school guy. But now, you know, the, the times are changing a little bit for Jim Beheim, and especially for Syracuse. They're starting to hint at maybe going away from the zone at times, blah, blah, blah. Beheim is relying heavily on freshmen, and he's already acknowledged. He's already guaranteed that multiple freshmen are going to start. It seems hard to for me to believe that one of them is not going to be Judah Mintz. I'm actually going to lean Torrance Mintz here. You're right. It's really tough to see a world where Joe Girard doesn't start. But you know what? Samir Torrance is more likely, I should say this, Joe Girard is more likely to play himself out of a position than Samir Torrance is. No, 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 hold on, hold on. I understand what I'm saying because we've seen Girard play poorly before and Bayheim still starts. Bayheim loves Girard. Bayheim loves him. Bayheim is stuck with him time and time again. I understand that. But at the end of the day, the turnovers are going to be really difficult. Yeah, and the thing is, it doesn't matter. We've seen it all with Gerard. We've seen him be the worst player on the team. It does listen, not listen, matter. Beheim's going to start him. I understand that. But look at look at the the two options on each side. So you have Torrance Mintz, Gerard Taylor. I understand what I'm saying. I get it. But who's your ball handler with Gerard Taylor? Gerard. Is that a problem? Could be. It could be, but you're you're not realizing it doesn't matter. <laughs> We're not talking about what we want. We're talking about what's more likely. It is likely that there's not a game that Gerard doesn't start. Maybe. I, I, I understand. I get it. I get it. Um I think that I think that there's you're more likely to have success with Torrance Mintz, so maybe that's where my heart is going. But you're right. Beheim has stuck with Gerard time and time again. Just thick and thin. We saw the Pittsburgh game was just awful, and Gerard started the next time. And when he was asked about it, when Beheim was asked about Joe Gerard, he looked at the media like they had five heads. So I get it. Yeah. But I would go Torrance Mintz if I had to choose one. Oh, well, you're and not again, you coaching don't have the to team, are you, Klein? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not oh. the Hall of Famer, and that's fine. But, yeah, I Torrance Mintz, Gerard Taylor – Neither one seem very likely. It's more likely Gerard or Mince Gerard. All right, we're moving on. Peter Carey red shirts or he plays more minutes than Mooney or Hema? Hmm. Red shirts. Peter Carey's going to red shirts. Red shirts. Yeah. It's yeah. only right answer. See, and, and it's funny because no one really wants to see Mooney or Hema. I'm not trying to be a mean guy, but no one is excited. You're being rude to Munir Hema, man. Munir Hema's parents are pumped about him. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But uh, everyone is more excited about the freshman, even if it's Peter Carey, even if he's not a five-star, even if he wasn't ranked on 24-7 before Syracuse offered him. People want to see Peter Carey because he's the You're talking about a guy who grew up in the same state as you, all right? You can't be dogging Munir Hema this way. No, no, I'm not trying to. He also went to the same prep school as Barama Sadiba, fun fact. Um but I will say it's, it's going to be Mooney or Hema. I mean, Bayheim didn't bring Hema in for no reason. He brought him into play. I think if you ask me this question next year, obviously it wouldn't be a redshirt option. But like Peter Carey versus Mooney or Hema, it's Carey. But Carey's going to need one year to develop his body. Mooney or Hema is your bridge backup center. 
And I honestly think, and he has multiple years with the program, I honestly think that this is likely his last, first and last year actually playing. Who, for Munir or Peter? For Munir Hima. Peter oh, Carey is going to play his way into that backup role. Yeah, I or, think, you I mean, know, unless, they, uh, that's they see something with Carey that not a lot of other people saw. Because don't forget in his recruitment that Carey was an un- unranked prospect. Yeah. Uh, and then he got the old legendary coach recruits you, so you become a three-star treatment. Uh, and that's exactly what happened when a bunch of teams started going in on him after Bayheim and, and crew did. Because Peter Carey was recruited, and, and Syracuse was one of the only teams in on him, and they were almost like hiding him away from everybody else. So I think they see a lot in him. Uh, and maybe he's going to be really good. But I think Carey redshirts this year. He's going to need a year. Yeah. I will say this, though. And, and again, I do think Carey redshirts – I'm pretty confident on that. Munir Hema and Peter Carey are very different players. Um, Hema is more of your true center, tall, will run the pick and roll, rebound, kick out, whatever. He's not creating his own shot. Peter Carey can shoot a little bit, and he can hit his mid-range jumpers at the very least. Right now, he's not a very reliable three-point shooter. Don't expect anything from him there. But he'll shoot on the elbow, and he'll shoot um, from within the arc. So, Watch out for that, and that's definitely something that Bayheim doesn't really have outside of Peter Carey. Then again, he really hasn't had that since, I mean, maybe Tyler Lydon, right? So, again, I, I do think it's going to be Peter Carey as a red shirt, but when he hits the floor, look out for that. You have to respect don't his forget, shot. Uh, don't forget about that one season where Marek was just, like, hitting threes left and right. <laughs> yeah, what happened? Honda. Kind of was, and it was his early 2018, in his career, 19. too. He yeah. shot 38 from three that year. Dude, people were like, oh, so so he's just Porzingis, right? And, and then, then he Goat. just wasn't. That was like the one year he didn't start like any games. Yeah. I love that guy. So I, look um, out. I, I'm excited for Peter Carey because I think there's more about him than we don't know than we do, and that's fun. Okay. Well, uh, let's move on. Um, but before we do, I'm going to read you a little ad here. Uh, listen, these guys, you know, Peter Carey's going to have to redshirt and build up his body, and maybe he does it by eating a bunch of Built Bars. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious. Indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. They got a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself, Brad. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. So good. What's great about Built is all is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or you just need to grab a quick bite built is the perfect protein bar. And they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat and sugar. Grab yourself a built bar and go to built.com. Use promo code locked 15 
and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15. All right, so we're here. We're talking about what's more likely ahead of the 2022-2023 season for Syracuse basketball. We move on now. We talk a little bit about Justin Taylor earlier. Let's do it again. Justin Taylor, what's more likely for him to be a top three scorer on the team or Samir Torrance to start 15 games? Bones, I defer to you. Taylor's top three scorer more likely than Torrance being. Eh. Eh. I'll answer for you while you think. No, I'm Justin thinking. Taylor. I'm thinking. Hold on. Give me a second. Give me a second. Because here's what here's what my my thinking, my process here is. Torrance in that Duke game was really good. Now, and I think a lot of people at home right now are probably like, ah, you're getting caught up on the Duke game. Don't get caught up on that. Judah Mintz is the real deal. What if, all right, what if Beheim wants to just isolate Joe Girard every game? doesn't mean he start, plays more minutes than Judah Mintz. It just means he starts. Um, and he goes out there and he just facilitates he doesn't necessarily want two shooters out there. If, you, if Joe Girard plays so well when he doesn't have to create and he can just walk around the court, run around and find a shot, that worked a lot last season or, yeah. or worked a lot in that Duke game. They just didn't do it very often. I think, I don't know if that's what I prefer, but I don't think Justin Taylor, I don't know. I think I think there's a good chance Chris Bunch outscores Justin Taylor. Also, that says Taylor. I'm going to fix Uh-oh. that real quick. Um, <laughs> about to happen, I guess. Um, but so, so okay. So I understand what your your point here. But I'm going to go Justin Taylor being a top three scorer. Uh, Justin Taylor, elite scorer, uh, no, because because, and I understand the apprehension. Like maybe Chris Bunch outshoots him, uh, scores him. But outside of Joe and Jesse, who the next best scorer is is so debatable. And a lot of people are just going to assume that it's shoot a mince, which is a fine assumption. But the fact that you can debate it is fine. That, that that makes it legit. But whereas Samir Torrance, you're looking at, like, I think Taylor has a better chance to start over Torrance. And I think Mintz has a better chance to start over Torrance. And I, I mean, at the end of the day, we have we don't really know what the we can talk about it all we want. We don't know what the lineup's going to look like. No, we, we don't, don't even know We're if he's going to play Taylor at the two. He could play Taylor at the three. Yeah, no, it's true, and that's one of the many one of the other reasons that I like Taylor as a top three scorer is that he has more versatility, more paths on the court than Samir Torrance does. And with Joe Girard playing, you would assume, I don't know close to 40 minutes a game like he did last year, it's hard to say that he's going to start 15 games with how much hype there is around Judah Mintz and even Justin Taylor. I think that Taylor is going to get a lot of points off the bench, even if he doesn't start, and I like Taylor as the top three scorer. All right, well, we got to move along. So, okay, next one. Let's see. Did Justin Taylor – let's hit the recruiting trail real quick. J.P. Estrella commits to Syracuse, or Reed Ducharme does. What's more likely? Now, Estrella coming up later this week on Friday. We're going to have an interview with him, a one-on-one exclusive. It's going to be while he's on his two-on-one. Oh yeah, that's true. You're right. Two-on-one. Well, maybe if Bone just leaves, three's not a crowd. Three's a crowd, and it could just be me and J.P. And that'd be fine too. All right, fine. Two-on-one and uh, exclusive. And it's going to be on Ed his. Client's trying to get me visit. out of here, man. So, Ducharme or Estrella? 
I'm going to go with Duterme here. I don't know about you. I'm going Estrella. Okay. So the reason I'm going with Duterme is that Estrella has better options. He has one other good option. Duterme has two. Well, okay. So Duterme's top three is down to Penn State, Xavier, and Syracuse. I honestly don't know what any of those schools have over Syracuse. Xavier has like a lot to offer to Charme. Okay. They're, they're a program that has been a number one seed in the, in the NCAA tournament more recently than Syracuse has. And but, they, but he has the opportunity. Charme has the opportunity to go to Xavier and be the face of an era there. He doesn't have that opportunity at Syracuse. He doesn't even know if he's going to start at Syracuse in a really crowded guard room. So I think I'm going to go to Estrella. Okay. Yeah, and JP, it seems like Syracuse and Iowa are two of the front runners. He's taking an Iowa visit soon. And Maybe we asked this question to JP. He'd be shook. Oh, he'd be rattled. Well, I actually <laughs> happen to think that they're both going to go to Syracuse, but I think that Ducharme is more likely to go because Iowa has a very legit chance of landing Estrella. Very, very legit. And Don't go to Iowa. And- and Estrella What's in has Iowa corn? Really offers. I mean, let's face it, he has better offers than Ducharme. Like, uh, he already turned down, essentially turned down Duke by canceling the visit. But there are other schools in on him. I mean, Kansas is interested, and anytime Bill self, I think it's, phone, it is a two horse race for okay. JP Estrella. It is yep. Syracuse and Iowa, and Syracuse I think is going to come out on top. I like Ducharme. All right, go ahead, take us to the next one. Okay, Malik Brown is the first forward off the bench, or John Bull Ajak is. This is actually a really good question. You might immediately, you're going to go Malik Brown. But then you go, hold on. John Bull Ajak was the only guy who played well against Duke. Yeah. Hey, Bones, you're putting too much stock into the Duke game. What are you doing? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. KBA, man. He's not, okay, he's not a world beater. He's not going to score. He's going to take bad shots, but he's our king, and we love him. Um, he's kind of like the fan favorite. He's John B. How could you not love him? Uh, Nick Brown, you. probably the first forward off the bench, but I could see Beheim using – okay, this is what I think. Beheim's going to use John Bolajac more than he did last year, but Malik Brown's still the first forward off the bench, so I go Malik. Okay, all right. I'm going to lean John Bull here, and it's not just because he's John Bolajac and everyone loves him. It's because you think about what Syracuse is likely going to have in their starting rotation and then what they need from their starters. So Chris Bunch, Benny Williams are probably the two forwards, right? And Benny was a fine, okay forward defensively, but he was still learning the zone, and he has the athleticism for sure to play a really good wing of the zone defensive forward. So assuming they stick with the zone for most of the time. Um, Bunch, I think, is going to struggle defensively. And John Bolajonk was the best defensive forward on this team last year. Not a crazy thing to say. It's true. So I think out of necessity, it's going to be John Bull. Hold on. One sec. Uh, I was going to put a John Bolajonk overlay on the screen, but it, it won't nah. load. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm still going Malik. I go Malik. Right. That's fine. I'll take you to the next one here. And this is our last one, too. What's more likely? Syracuse has five double digit scores or two 15 plus point scores. So is it going to be a balanced scoring attack or is it top heavy? I think it's probably 
balanced because they have a lot of options. We don't know who their best options are, but I think it's, you have so many, like Judah Mintz is going to demand the ball. Justin Taylor is going to get his shots. Chris Bunch looks like he's going to be a legit cornerstone of the starting lineup as well. So I don't know if there's enough touches to go around considering this team's going to rely so heavily on freshmen. So I think it's going to be the five double-digit scores. This pretty much boils down to, do you think Jesse Edwards can score 15 points a game? Because Joe Girard is going to. Yeah, It doesn't matter if it takes him 35 shots, he's going to score 15 a game. Um, So do you think Jesse Edwards can do the same is the question. I think he can. The crazy part is, like, I think this could be both. I think they could have two 15-point scores and also have double-digit scores. Yeah, they could. Um, I, I lean, I lean it's more all dependent on, like, can, do, you think, do you think that three of the freshmen can score double digits? Yeah, I do. Mint, Taylor, and Bunch. That's your, I, that's your I think three. they can. I think they can. I don't think they will, though. I'd imagine that the ball is going to move more freely this year than it did last year because you're actually going to have a point guard playing point guard instead of Joe Girard playing point guard. So you'd have to imagine that people get more touches that way and better looks. So, yeah, I think it's going to be five double-digit scores um, more so than I do two 15-plus point scores. Yeah. I think the opposite. I think that there is no way that all three of those freshmen are going to hit that 10-point mark every single game. All right. So I well, go, uh, I'm going to go 15-point scores, Gerard and, and Edwards. Let's let the fans be the tiebreaker there. At LO underscore Syracuse, tweet at us if you agree with me, and if you disagree, then, I don't know, stay home. Get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Again, make Locked On ACC your second listen every day. That's Locked On ACC with Candace Cooper. Bones and Brad back at it tomorrow. Locked On Syracuse farewell tour for Brad Klein continues manana.